My name is Mark Megna, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J. And guys, thank you so much for kicking off the new year with this brand new episode of Chasing Dreams, episode 213. I can't wait for you guys to meet Mark who's here. If you're on YouTube, you see him over on my left. And we are going to have a blast. Uh, Mark is a football player. He is a model, a trainer, a fitness trainer, and also now a published author. And he has quite the story. And I can't wait to kind of talk to him about it because when Mark came across my desk, so to speak, I was not familiar with him. I was like, I don't know. We're kind of trying to do something different. This new 2020 then I saw what his book was titled, and I was like, how could I not have him on? And Mark, I, I'm so glad you said yes, and that you oh, come please. here. It's an honor. It's an honor. Uh, you know, anybody who has a book titled Dream Big, Never Quit, has to be on the show. There's, there's just no question at that point. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> no Mark. question. It's, it's, good, it's good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It really is an honor. And I was looking forward to meeting you. So it's great to finally connect with you via video. Absolutely. And so Mark, let's before we get these guys to know you a little bit better, let's let's kind of take a time travel back to your childhood. Okay. When you okay. were young, did you think you would be where you are today? Oof. Um the quick answer is no. Mm. Uh, certainly not. Um I had a very unique childhood uh in in some ways and in other ways it was just like any other kid you know kids are kids kids are tough on kids and uh i uh had definitely some stumbling blocks and some hurdles so the answer is no probably not well so you know as a new year new beginnings new times for people i'm sure people are tuning in looking for some inspiration when you were a kid and trying to figure out where your next step was what did you want to be Oh, man, uh, it was tricky. Uh, I had so much work to do on myself, and I reference it often. Um, I was a really, really shy, insecure kid. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one of the um, results of, uh, or that happened because I was so, I, I was, I would say out of shape, but I was a chubby fat kid, you know, and I didn't like the way I looked, and I was insecure about my body. I was insecure about the way I moved, the way I talked in the social setting. It was tricky, you know, and I had a lot of work to do. And there were certain things I noted even lately, Amy, mm -hmm. like in my life, there are so many things that, you know, we work through in our lives that uh, we figure out ways to work with them. So I use sports and training as a young boy to, as coping mechanisms, and it helped me tremendously with sports. And I had aggression from being picked on and being bullied. And I use that uh, as fuel on the field and playing hockey and playing sports and training. It just helped me tremendously. But ironically, 
the fuel and the fire and a bit of the hostility, the anger and the aggression helped me, you know, in high school and college and even professionally. But then you realize that those things really aren't going to help you. And you have to figure out ways to deal with those things. And even I'm still dealing with those things in business now and and with uh, the people I work with and trying to be a better person. And it's definitely a work in progress. You know, I I love how open and honest you are about this, because I think there's some people who are listening who are struggling absolutely with insecurity, especially in the new year, thinking, you know, hey, it's 2020, time for new beginnings. Uh, I don't like how I look, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't like the first few months the biggest time of the year for gyms? Yeah, absolutely. And that's not something we want for you guys necessarily. Like it should be a long-term thing. And you saying, you know, you got through those years and you're still dealing with it, you know, you guys can figure it out. There, there are things to be done for it because, so you, you found a coping mechanism was, as you called it in those years and you, but it seems like you turned football and sports into a profession. Was that intentional? It just kind of worked out that way. When I was a kid, um, my family, they, everyone focused on sports, like sports were the really big thing. Like Mm -hmm. everyone, looked at professional athletes um, from Southeastern Massachusetts, like they were gods. Mm. And I quickly figured out that if you were an athlete, you got a lot of respect. And um, I wanted that respect. And I figured if, Hey, if everyone respects sports figures, like I need to be an athlete to get respect. So I remember, I think it was in first grade. Um, there was a gentleman having this big camera that, you, that sits on the shoulder and he went around to each student at graduation from first grade and he asked each student what they wanted to be when they grew up. And they went down the line. One child or wanted to be a police officer, the next a lawyer, then a doctor, mm. then a teacher. And then when they got to me, the only thing I could focus on was sports. And I said I was going to play football for the New England Patriots. And it was funny. I mean, of course, you know, I wasn't angry about it. But in the moment, I was a bit embarrassed because everyone laughed. And uh, I realized I don't. Of course, as a child, you don't realize that that's a pretty big goal that usually doesn't happen. Um, but that was kind of like my mission in life, right? And so that was in your head. And, you know, spoiler alert, guys, you did play for the New England Patriots. True. Yes, I did. A couple of years. I was very lucky. Very yeah. lucky. I mean, you make a great point. When we, and, you know, I'm thinking about the title of your book, Dream Big. That sounds mm-hmm. like we exactly what you did and you worked towards it and you got there and was that a conscious thing like did you keep that dream in the back of your head as you went through middle school high school you know college Um, yeah uh, that's a great question I think Amy like as I got more comfortable in my body and figured out you know, it was always like, what's in front of me now? Like, mm-hmm. I know I'm an out of shape young person. I'm insecure, low self-esteem. What's going to help me feel better? Training. Uh, training helped me feel better. It shaped my body. It got me stronger. It built my confidence. And then I realized that if I train real hard, maybe that'll help give me an opportunity on the football field. And then when you realize it gives you an opportunity on the football field, and then training is greatly transferred on the field of play, you realize, well, if I train really hard, then maybe I can excel. Then you start to excel. You think, well, all these things are working for me. What else can I do to put myself in a position to be successful? And I just, I am not a great athlete. Uh, I know people think that's a line. It's me being humble. But 
I certainly, you know, became an athlete, but what I started with was just the dream and this, you know, annoyingly obsessive mentality of showing up. Mm. And I went to the gym every single day. I got up to run every single day. And my mom, even my mom, like she believed in me. She was the one that said I could do anything. But when I would get up at 4 a.m. in December, when there's snow, it's snowing and no one wants to even get out of bed and I'm getting up to go for an hour run, people thought I was crazy. And I guess, you know, in hindsight, you got to be a little bit of crazy to do that with consistency and, and pretend to sm- throw a smile on and endure it. But you realize that. In life, everything is just a micro shot of doing the things that other people don't want to do. And that's really what it is. It's enduring things, dealing with situations, telling yourself that, you know, I'm not good. Like, I made a mistake. I need to be better at this. And not just owning it. You know, you you talk about the extreme ownership like Jocko Willick speaks of uh, so frequently, but actually doing something to be better like this something happened to me recently where i was like i made a huge mistake and i shouldn't have done that and i'm embarrassed and i am sorry and i'm gonna fix that and you know it's a it's one day at a time you just got to be better you know one day at a time you know i love that you said um you weren't a great athlete you know I, Mm -hmm. i didn't watch you play previously but for an athlete to admit that they weren't the greatest that they weren't the best i think Sometimes when we dream, we think it has to be, we have to hit that 100% right? or it's not worth pursuing. And here you are falling short of 100%, right? You, you were saying you weren't the perfect athlete, but you showed up. You showed up and you did the work. And, you know, when I hear 4 a.m., one, I, I'm yawning for you, but I love the persistence and the consistency. Those are two words I think that really demonstrate what you did and how far you came because of it. And, you know, I think it's something that all dream chasers, regardless of the dream is a testament that you right. have to show up and you have to do it because you did that. You played seven years, professional football. Mm. You kept yeah. at it. You know, it wasn't easy. A lot of people don't have that, that long length of time as a professional football player or as a professional athlete in general. Yeah. Right. But you kept yeah. showing up and you didn't stop dreaming after that. I mean, here you are today, a fitness trainer, a model, uh, an entrepreneur, podcaster, which I love, you know, mm-hmm. you're showing up every day. And so I want to little, talk a little bit about the transition you made from professional athlete to the next step. Did you know that the end of your career was coming? Did you plan it or how did that kind of fall? And what do you do next? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just wanted to hit on something that we spoke about earlier. Like sure. there, there were, there were, you know, when I think back, like I can literally think about the kids that I grew up with that were stronger than me, mm-hmm. faster than me, more athletic than me. And I remember I used to assess myself and compare myself to them and thinking, well, I'll never be as fast as this mm-hmm. guy. I'll never be the athlete that this person is. But here's the thing, you know, if, you, as you said, if you, as you keep showing up, you keep doing the work, you'd be surprised that if this person is here, all of a sudden, if they're not doing anything, you kind of 
do this in life. And it's a giant shift that takes place. And it's just the power of persistence and staying the course. And as a young person, I don't know how or why I believed in that, but I did. I really did. And it wasn't about beating the person. It was about, I want to make Mark Magna better. And I want to be better. And all through sport, yeah, all through sports, like, I, I just wanted to add more value and figure out how can I be just a little bit better. And the reason I mentioned sports earlier, and that was the way I cope, I use it as a coping mechanism. Now it's how can I be a better person? Mm. Like, how can I deal with the things that I don't usually want to deal with? And I have to figure out ways to manage, you know, feelings, emotions, and people, and, you know, not get so angry and not hold a grudge. And it's, different phases of life, different skill sets. Now it's all about personal growth and, and being a better friend, uh, husband, brother, uh, business partner, and uh, leader for our team at Anatomy. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I, I, I want to highlight on that before I go back to the topic, which is yeah. your focus was on you. I mean, I yeah. think especially today with the advent of social media, too many of us are focusing on the next person the next per- next story, the next Instagram thing you see, you is something that's very difficult. And that's how do I make myself better and not how do I make myself better than so-and-so? Mm. And that's great. Mm. That's great. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Just it's, you know, we're so quick to point the finger at other people that I did that because of you. Mm-hmm. And then someone brings it up, uh, something negative. You say, yeah, but this happened. It's a, how about just taking a second, taking a pause mm-hmm. and saying, you know what? You're right. Right. There's a lot of truth. You'd be shocked at the amount of people that would like to participate in the little project of improving you yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and let you know the things that they don't like. And look, you can take them with a grain of salt, but if they're people you care about and love mm-hmm. and actually trust, they probably have something important to say. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to be a better listener and take those steps to be better. Guys, that's a huge, huge nugget right there. Being a listener and just being open to feedback. It's hard. Yeah. It's it's very hard. No one wants to hear that they're not perfect. But newsflash, none of us are. None of us are. So if, if I go back to the question about the transition, did you see the end of football coming and decide, Hey, what am I going to do next? Or how did you approach that? Well, I had a series of injuries. Uh, first I tore my knee completely. Mm. And then that was a hard off season. I got an infection in my knee. I almost lost my leg. I had, uh, some really deteriorating damage to the bone and the ligaments, uh, that was still there. They were torn, but when they just everything around it was eaten away by an infection, then I came back and actually played the next year. I was probably about 80%, 85%. Um, my performance wasn't where it should be. And because my knee was compromised, my body was out of alignment, and I couldn't move the way I wanted to. And um, I tore my back badly, Oof. colliding with an offensive lineman who was very heavy. And um, I didn't know that football was over. And when you think about it, I, I started playing football at six. And I played till I was 
you know, over 30, it's like, mm, played football for almost 24, 25 years, right? Yeah. Nothing prepares you for that. You know, you, they tell you it's over. Every former football player wants to be a coach or an analyst, right? Yeah. And I really, <laughs> ironic, I didn't, I wanted to be a coach because I idolized my coaches and they were just good human beings. But then I saw the way they got up at 3 a.m. or 3.30 or 4 a.m. They didn't see their families that much. And I'm like, oh, I'm never going to be a coach. I want to have a family and I don't mm -hmm. want to work those hours. Well, ironically, I get up real early and I get in a little bit late and I don't spend as much time as I would like with my family. And I learned a very important lesson. Whatever you do in life, to be good at it, you got to commit a lot of time. I yeah. do believe this a way to you know structure your life where you can spend more time with your family but everyone who's anyone knows that you're going to spend the majority of your days at work with people at at the workplace so with the new uh my new calling or being a a fitness wellness uh trainer trend coach and I'm fortunate enough to be a co-owner co of a gym uh, with some special people. Um, we want to make that environment the most positive, uplifting culture it could possibly be because we spend most of our time there. And you have to enjoy the people you work with. And we're very lucky because I believe we all do that. Let me ask you, doing that, especially going into business with someone else, um, some people do it just for the money and just do it because it's a job and it's, it's a nine to five pays the bills. It mm -hmm. sounds like when you talk about anatomy and the gym and what you're doing, it doesn't sound like labor. Mm. Is it something well, you enjoy? Well, it's definitely something I enjoy. I had a con important conversation last night. Like I've never been happier, mm. but you, you have to be careful because you work so hard at something, you know, it could be sleep deprivation, frustration, stress, all these things get compounded and you realize, you know, you're not feeling 100%. You have to keep an eye on that because if you're not 100%, then you can't be 100% in the workplace or for your team or the community, the culture, and then it starts to diminish. So if you don't take care of your personal habits and make sure they're positive, it could pull from the community and you don't want to do that at all um it is something i enjoy thoroughly and you know everyone says it's not about the money like we all want to make money of course we do but if you're not having a positive experience with the people you work with it'll never be worth it right so i'm very lucky because there's some really special people that um trusted me believed in me and uh i just get up every day and i, I really want to add value and contribute to make this brand grow in the most positive way so we can do something substantial to help people right better life better wellness better fitness and we say to become the very best version of themselves mm. i love that i love that and so on the road to anatomy on the road to where you are today if we look back on it right in that period after the nfl and, and football to where you are today was there a time where you stumbled or thought, you know, maybe this isn't it for me? Um, yeah. Well, before I, you know, uh, worked on the team with Anatomy, mm -hmm. um, 
I I was a, just a trainer, and and I think just a trainer. Like I think being a trainer is one of the most positive uh, careers anyone can have. You're not just a trainer. You're a trainer. You're a coach. You're a, a positive energy infuser. You're an energy coach. All these things, like people depend on you as a life coach. I don't know what that means, but I've heard it before. You know, um, I was working like 12, 13, 14 sessions a day. Mm. I did that for not, almost 10 years every day. I mean, and so, I mean, yeah, I took vacations in there, but honestly, not a lot of them. And I'm not so proud of that. I think it's important to take vacations. I was just had my head down and that's the way I was raised. And um, I don't think it's necessarily the best way, but that's the way I did it. And I would tell people to be good at anything. You got to put in a lot of time. You got to make some sacrifices. But um, I don't know if balance is the right word, but there is a way to structure your life where you can walk away, recharge, and come back and be even stronger. I'm still working on it, but I believe there is. I think you have to. I mean, I love that you said that because I think you have to. I just recently came back from a vacation in London, you know, planned it. Oh, nice. For uh, we went eight days, my sister and a friend, and I came back. I think re-energized to right. work on myself, to work on my brand, the podcast. I don't think I would have had that same energy if I had continued with my head down. Right. And I think a lot of people don't remember or realize, you know, it's better to take breaks and come back fresh than just keep on trucking because you you might yeah. have a better perspective on it. It's like when we're in, for me, at least, when I was in college, I did better when I took a break and then came back to study than do all-nighters. For sure. For sure. But then there's the other... I completely agree with you, Amy, but then mm-hmm. there's the other side where they mm-hmm. think, well, I need to work two days on, three days off. Or yeah. It's like, it's hard. Like, committing, fully committing to anything is hard. Yeah. But you have to realize, like, what are you trying to accomplish? It's like, Tony Robbins says, you want to be a millionaire, but you don't want to work. You have a big conflict there. If you want to be good at something, you have to put in the time. So you just have to do that. I completely agree. And I think the thing is that people think that uh, one person's version of rest is has to be their version. You have to figure out what works for you. I just don't mm-hmm. believe in the saying that I'll rest when I'm dead. Well, if you work yourself to death, no. then what's the point, right? No, I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, you, you shouldn't you work yourself out. to death. But they should, listen, there's... That being said, there's going to be periods where you're exhausted. Yeah. There's, there's going to be periods where you miss your family. Like that's, that's a normal part of evolution in life. It really is. If you never want to miss your family, then get a job and start a business where your family works with you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, that's, I think people should feel that. I'm not saying for the rest of their life, but they should feel that. I remember my coach in high school, um, he, he worked, his family owned a rubber plant and they were working with rubber uh and he got me a job in the summer i remember going to that job all summer and at the end of the summer he looked at me and said what do you think he said it's a really hard job coach but i appreciate the opportunity he said would you like to do this for the rest of your life i said honestly he said yeah honestly i said no i wouldn't he goes exactly that's why i want you to go to college you gotta get get an education yeah and, and it was like, you kind of got to feel that because if you don't feel that, you're like, I don't really need college. And I'm not saying everyone should go to college. I've heard Gary Vee say it a thousand times, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, if I get in a room and I get an education from Harvard, 
and the other guy doesn't, guess who's going to get the job? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a necessary evil of life. You know, higher education is important. It doesn't matter if it's from college or something else, but you need a deep understanding of communication and education. You do. Yeah. And you're right. Gary Vee does say that like a million times. And I, I, I'm not necessarily, I think college isn't for everyone, granted, but I think right. to your point, having a deeper understanding and education somehow through right. experience, through self-taught learning, whatever, uh, is necessary. And I think you make a great point. I mean, it's, it's a balance, but same time, you got to put in the work. See, then that's yeah. life though, right? Life is just figuring yeah. this out because yeah. you do got to rest, but you also got to, you know, put in the work, but you got to figure out what works when. And I think that's, yeah, that's what life and is. I think, right. And I think you can't make the mistake of thinking, you know, I never want to feel tired of exa- or exhausted. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous because the most painful parts of my life are accompanied with the best parts of, uh, or the most important growth moments of my life. Mm. I mean, it's got to happen. Like you see Marines in the United States Marines going through hell and boot camp. They come out the other side. They're well adjusted for the most part, disciplined, highly, uh, you know, motivated overachievers, you know, Navy SEALs, same thing. People who work in different companies, they make great, make great things don't happen accidentally or easily. They happen with great difficulty and a lot of sacrifices. That's just normal. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about it. When you say you have to show up, you don't just show up and sit there. You show up no. and you do the work. I mean, yeah. you just yeah, show I up mean, and do, I, you said that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I, I think, you know, when... People say, well, I just keep showing up, keep showing up. Well, okay, that's that's definitely a lesson. There's a lesson there to keep showing up and be consistent, right? But mm-hmm. it's what you do once you're there is very important. Like you have to, like just showing up to work. And we've talked about this. If I show up at 3 a.m. to work, but I don't really do anything, then who cares if I show up at 3 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. And I, I get up early and I go to work early so I can work out so I can commit the rest of my day to what needs to get done at anatomy because I know that I need to have several conversations over the course of the day. And I don't think it's fair that I stop my conversation to go have a training session. You know, I need to commit myself to the people around me because, you know, that's the only way it's going to work, right? We commit to each other during the day. So I show up early. I show up early to get, you know, Mark's medication, so to speak. And then I can, uh, work on the team and they can work on me the rest of the day. Yeah. And, and one of the things about what you said that I love is you got to show up, but what you do is important because if you do the same thing over and over and expect a different result, uh, it's not going to, it doesn't work like that. Right. Yeah. Isn't that the definition of insanity? Yeah, I mean, insanity definition. You got it. You yeah. Got it. It, but it people do it. You know, they said they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. I'm sorry to interrupt, but they just don't want to get out of their comfort zone. And I was there. I understand. I understand. No one wants to be uncomfortable, right? Well, let me ask you, having been there, how do you know if you're in the comfort zone? Because some people may think mistakenly that they they are doing something. Like, how can you tell if you're still stuck or if you've actually made that progress out of the comfort zone? Is there a way? Uh, I don't know if there's a way. I mean, you know, if I get on a rowing machine every day to row and do some crazy workouts, that although they may be hard, that's still my comfort zone. Like I do it all the time, and although it can get harder, I'm comfortable doing that. Now, if you stick me in the water and tell me to swim four miles, 
I'm a solid swimmer, but I don't swim four miles. <laughs> That's outside of my comfort zone. Right. And he was like, get out of your comfort zone, get out of your comfort zone. I just laugh. And I don't think a lot of people are outside of their comfort zone. You know, like when I was working, you know, 15, 16 hours a day doing training sessions, it was long days, but I was still in my comfort zone. You know, I mean, when you do something that you don't like, I hate this. This is uncomfortable. Why am I doing this? I don't need to do this. You're probably outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good way to kind of tell. That's yeah. that's not a bad decision. I mean, I think yeah. I think you're right. I think especially in this new year, guys, that's something you need to figure out. Are you living in your comfort zone or are you stepping outside of it? Right? New year, new beginnings. Doesn't have to just be now. Like if you're listening to this episode like in July, are you in your comfort zone or are you stepping out? Because I don't think great things don't happen in your comfort zone. You don't improve in your comfort zone, right? You get better when you step outside of it. And you, it sounds like you found that to be the case. Well, I mean, I was, you know, playing professional sports. I was actually in my comfort zone. I had a conversation with one of my dear friends the other night. Uh, mm-hmm. He played football at the same university. And I said, you know, I look back and football was really easy. He laughed and said, well, it's easy to say now, but it wasn't easy then. But I said, you, but, but what I mean is it was easy because that's what we love to do. Mm. And that's what we were, we were used to doing. I said, it's way harder to be a human being every day and communicate with people. It's really hard because you're trying to say something. And sometimes no matter what you say, it's taken the wrong way. <laughs> but it's not really their fault. It's your fault because you're not doing a better job communicating with what's coming out of your head. Yeah. So I said, it's way harder to communicate with people on a day-to-day basis than play football. But, you know, I think I was out of my comfort zone when I tore my knee. Yeah, I was really out of my comfort zone. When I had back pain for like eight months and each step made me feel like I was going to cry, that was out of my comfort zone. Mm. Um, But playing a sport that you played for 25 years, not that it was easy, but it was in my comfort zone. Right. Well, let me ask you about something that's that was possibly outside of your comfort zone. I don't want to presume, but your book, Dream Big, Never Quit, right? Was that comfort zone outside the comfort zone? What are we talking? Um, Well, that was, the reason I wrote a book is because it was always a bucket list thing for me. I had someone tell me that I was a terrible writer when I was a kid. So I really wanted to write it. And I remember my wife, like looking at me saying, you know, (laughs) what are you doing? And I was thinking, this is really hard. Like you don't just, anyone who's ever written anything significant or important to them. I think most of them don't sit down and just write. Mm-hmm. Like that book took me five, six years because number one, I have other things that are more important, like anatomy, the things I work on day to day with the team there, uh, developing uh, our body architect team, working with everyone. Um, but I would write Saturday, Sunday afternoon and it was an emotionally draining exercise. I bet. I think I wrote the first 150 to 180 pages of that book in a three-day weekend when my wife was out of town. And it was really just an emotional exercise. Mm. And when I finished, I felt like I had purged a lot of the negative feelings out of my system. And I recounted things and in in, I guess emotional traumas through my life that I really didn't want to talk about. So I wrote about it. 
And, you know, there's a lot of, there's still stories that I don't want to talk about. And, but I wrote about what I felt comfortable and I wanted kids to know that if you're not six foot six, 300 pounds and the fastest guy on the planet, you can still do something important because maybe I'm a more uh, identifiable slash realistic person to uh, compare yourself to, you know, I was average size, average speed, and I made myself faster. I made myself bigger. I know that, but um, I had all the same things, insecurities, low self-esteem. I was bullied. I didn't feel good about the way I communicated, the way I ran, I didn't like. Um, so I wanted to give other kids something to look at and go, well, wait, if he could do it, there's a chance for him. If he could do it. You guys hear that? Yeah. So not just yeah. kids. All y'all listen there. Listen to this guy. Yeah. I mean, are you happy with where you are right now? I'm sure there's more to come, but right now, would you say um, you're happy with I'm, how I'm, things are going? I, I'm a, I actually am happy. I just... You know, anything I'm unhappy with, it all comes back to me. And I think that I could be better. Mm -hmm. As I said before, I really do want to be a better um, person, first off, husband, brother, uh, business partner, and, and, and be the very best version of myself so I can give a great example to our team at Anatomy. Um, but I always look at myself. So I think there's different degrees of happiness. I'm certainly happy, but it, there's a lot of things that I want to be better at. And sure. uh, I work on it every day. I think that's a natural, honest thing. I think that's what people should be striving for, right? I mean, yeah, I you're not going to so. hit that perfect nirvana off the bat, but striving for it. thats It's about the journey, right? right? Well, let me ask you, for those listening, especially with it being a new year, what is one thing you would tell them to do today to chase their dream? <sighs> decide what's important to them. Mm -hmm. I think they need to decide what they really want to do because, you know, if you look at, professional sports the amount of the percentage of person that makes it in professional sports is very low the the the, the person that makes it in business the percentage i think it's four percent of business, business small businesses make it you have to decide what you're willing to do and what's what you're willing to sacrifice think about that and then start you know if you don't have any knowledge surround yourself with someone who does go work for someone who does um i'm blessed because i'm around people who know business very well because i'm certainly not a businessman um but you know just get a clear understanding of what's important to you you might not have the you know entire life mapped out and that's fine but get an understanding of what you want to do and then just start because you need experience for the long haul so start with getting some experience even if it's under the umbrella of another business i love that i love that you guys hear that do that do that but first before i let you go we got to get to know you just a little bit better mark so i got okay. some cards that i'm going to randomly pick for you to answer five of them all right okay all right question one which was the best decade for music for me the best decade of music was probably i'd say the 90s yeah the 90s I'd the agree. 90s. I like the 90s hip hop, rap. I love that stuff. And even when it crossed over, I spent uh, the latter part of the 90s in college. Mm -hmm. I lived in college in Richmond, Virginia. So there's great country there, too. I like it all. I, like I think it all. the 90s did good for all genres. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to say the 90s. 90s. Okay. All right. Uh, 
but we talked about this one, so I'm not going to do that. What do you wish you had learned in school at any grade? One thing. I, w- I wish the first thing that you would teach in school is nutrition. Mm. Like they should have like, they have a health class and you do PE, mm-hmm. but they should teach nutrition more specifically how to read a label to a young person. If they understood that now, we wouldn't have half the type one, type two diabetics and kids would understand the dangers of most of the foods and ingredients that they put in their body. I think it's essential and I don't think they have enough of it. I don't know schools that focus on it even at a young age and they should teach it at a young age. I don't think they do. Like, I no, don't they think, don't. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. It's almost like a conspiracy. Like why wouldn't we teach people? Yeah, what's to the be harm healthier? in it? Yeah. Well, the harm is in if they get educated and then certain companies don't get fueled and we don't buy their products. That's the harm. Hmm. Hmm. Food for thought guys. All right. Next one. Number three. What's the last nice thing that you bought for yourself? The last nice thing that I bought for myself. Uh, I just leased a car. I got, I had a car for 12 years, a Ford fusion, and I just got a Jeep Cherokee. And honestly, nice. I, I love that car. Very cool. Love that car. Uh, a buddy of mine, Roman helped me uh, put it together. Super guy and uh, shout out to Roman. But um, I love that car. Very nice. All right. Number, I think it's four. If you could meet one famous influential woman, alive or dead, who would it be? Uh, one woman that I could meet, alive or dead, who would it be? Influential. Uh, I don't know. It's a great question. Maybe, I'm not sure. I might have to come back to that one. All right. It's a great question, though. All right. We'll come back to that. Uh, What restaurant makes the best hamburger? There's a restaurant here in Miami uh, called Organic Bites. Okay. The best. The very best. Really? It's like a grass-fed, free-range burger. Guys, hear that? If you're in Miami, check it out. Organic Bites. Organic Bites. Okay, we have to come back. Influential woman, alive or dead. That you would want to meet? Mm, such a good question. Uh, Mother Teresa? It's a good one. Mother that, Teresa. That's a great answer. I'd love to talk to her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She read some good stories, I bet. I bet. Well, Mark, I love this conversation. And if these guys listened, they probably loved it too. If they want to get to know you better and kind of find more information about you, where can they go? Uh, they can go to my social media accounts, which is uh, at Mark Magna, M-A-R-C-M-E-G-N-A. Uh, that's for Twitter, um, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, they can check out my new book, Dream Big, Never Quit. I'm very proud of it. And my dear friend, Randy West, made a documentary film, uh, made me the subject. I was honored. It's called Just a Kid from Fall River. And he did an amazing job. That'll be out uh, probably beginning of January. You'll be able to see that on Vimeo and um, Amazon and iTunes. And um, I'm very proud of the team and uh, Anatomy Fitness. Anatomy Fitness is in Miami. We have uh, three locations now, uh, soon to have a couple more. Everyone's working really hard, and we have an incredible, credible team there. Anatomy Fitness in Miami, Florida. It's the future of fitness. and. Our motto is culture is everything. 
Love it. Guys, check out Mark. The links will be in the show notes. You can find them there. As soon as we get the link to the documentary, I'll add it so you guys can check it out. I want to check it out. So I'm definitely going to ask you for that when it comes out, Mark. So we'll definitely get that and hook you guys up. You guys can find all the links in the show notes page over at amyj21.com slash episode 213. That's episode 213. Mark, thank you so much for being on the show. An honor. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Amy. You take care. It was an honor. Thank you, my friend. Very much so, guys. Until next time, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's aimeej one Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.